1 Samuel chapter 7, 1 Samuel chapter 7, we're not going to read a whole lot uh, right there from the, at the beginning. I want to focus on one verse, really, and so we'll see what God does with all of it. First Samuel chapter 7, go ahead and look at verse number 1. The Bible says, and the men of, anybody want to help me with that next word? I did practice it, I did. I listened to it and practiced it, and I know I'm going to mess it up anyway. But anyway, and the men of kerjoth Jerem, I think, came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab in the hill and sanctified Eleazar, uh, his son, to keep the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass, while the ark abode in kerjath Jerem, that the time was long, for it was twenty years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. I want to read verse 3 again, because that's really where we're focusing tonight. Where the Bible says, And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. I titled the message tonight, Time to Renew Some Things with God. And so let's see what God will do with it tonight. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for the time that we've already been here tonight. The congregational songs that were sung, some of my favorites, I know there's many, but what a blessing it is to sing songs unto you like that and to praise you because of your goodness and saving grace to us. And I thank you, Lord, for the choir specials tonight. What a blessing it is to have even such a skeleton choir tonight, a small group, and still just boy, people just singing from their heart. Bless my soul, and hopefully it blessed you. And then, Lord, the special music we just heard, thank you, Lord, that people use their talents to glorify you. And Father, now we've opened up your word, we've read, and we pray you bless the reading of your word and the preaching to follow as only you can. We need your help. I'll be the first one to admit that. And I just pray from unction on high that you'd allow me to preach. Uh, Father, as well, just that your perfect will would be done. And we'll thank you for anything that's accomplished uh, by you before we ask all of these things. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing for the reading of the Word of God, please do be seated. <clears throat> the children of Israel had been harassed by and battled by and suppressed by the Philistines for a long, long time. And they had even lost the Ark of the Covenant to the Philistines. And after having recovered the Ark of the Covenant, they were still under suppression. Verse 2 tells us that the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. That word lament means to be of great sorrow, to cry or to weep or to be well. Uh, be well, not be well, be well. Be, anyway, you know what I'm talking about. So what had happened is this. Israel had gone out and got mixed up with the Philistine society. 
And what they had done is they acknowledged uh, the strange God, so God allowed them some hard and strenuous times. And the Israelites were just about wiped out emotionally. I mean, they'd been through a whole lot. But Samuel treated the problem from a spiritual aspect, which certainly we should deal with first and foremost in our lives. Somebody say amen right there. Truly, we should. From a spiritual aspect, he didn't say, you know what you need to do is go home, take a tranquilizer, rest for a few days, come back, we'll have another session. That's not what he did. I really believe that most emotional problems or spiritual problems that are being treated medically or or psychologically, and thus the answer never comes. Um, If a person doesn't know how to handle hardships, which we try to teach from the Bible for sure, but if a person doesn't know how to handle hardships, then discouragement comes, and then defeat comes. And if those aren't dealt with in the correct manner, then depression may set in, and it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. But God does have, have answers for a lot of things, doesn't He? Come on, I'm not against the medical field. I'm not against, I know things like that are needed at times, and I am not against that whatsoever. But a lot of things could be handled, if they were handled scripturally, if they were handled the way that God would have us to do, a lot of things could be handled without any of that. Anyway, so Samuel sees all of this taking place and he hears the Israelites lamenting uh, for the Lord and he tells them this. In in essence, he tells them this. Look, if you're really serious about this, then here's the solution. And what he does after that, he tells them, you know, so I want to share with you uh, what he said, what he gave them to get back in good standing with God. Do you ever feel like you've been defeated by the enemies of God? Do you, I mean, do you ever just feel defeated? And, and we have to t- think too right here at the first part of the year as we try to renew our walk with God, our closeness to God, however, whatever we may need at this time. We have to think about, do we really experience the presence of the Lord anymore? I mean, do we have that close fellowship with Him? Are there times that we know when we're reading our Bible or praying, just spending time with Him, we know that He's listening or that He's speaking or whatever the case may be. He is still alive. And, and he, does want, he does want to meet with His people. He does want to help us that way along the way. I'm not talking about anything spooky by any, any stretch of the imagination. I'm talking about us having a, genuine, having a genuine relationship with the Lord. I mean, there comes times that we feel defeated, doesn't there? And there comes times that we just feel like the heavens are brass, doesn't it? And so we need to think about these things, and I think we have some good answers here uh, that that Samuel gave to the people. And I think we can start out with this. Uh, Make a commitment to God. People today in churches across our nation are afraid to make commitments to God. They're afraid to make commitments. I'm telling you, we make commitments to buy houses, we make commitments to buy cars, we make all these different commitments with all these different things, and we won't make commitments to God. I'm telling you, if we are going to be and do and everything that God would have us to be and do, we need to make a commitment to God. And and you have to start right where you are, right where you are. No, don't try to don't try to don't try to get to a better place first. Just start with all your heart. That's what Samuel told them. Just with all your hearts, do this. You know, I, I'm telling you, if we, would get, if we would get as serious with God as we do with the bank, if we'd get as serious with God as we do with a lot of things in our life, we could see God do so much more in our individual lives. 
And, and, and that's what we want. I mean, that's what we desire. If you're going to overcome anything, you must do it wholeheartedly. I mean, you can't do it halfway. You can't have one foot in a church and one foot in the world. It, it just it doesn't work. Say, well, I've got to work my way up some way. Absolutely so, but you can make a commitment to do the very best that you can. And then if you, if, no, no, if something happens, then you make another commitment and then make another commitment. I'm telling you, we need to be committed to do those things with all of our heart. I mean, if we're doing it wholeheartedly, that, that would mean that you're willing to make a commitment. Defeated lives are a result of halfway attempts. You'll never get victory half-heartedly. And there are homes and marriages all across this country that could be mended by this one thing. If people would just get serious and make some commitments to God. That is, make a commitment to God to get whatever it may be straightened out once and for all. Lord, whatever it takes in my life, I want you to work in my heart. I want you to work in my home. I want you to work in my mind. I want you to do whatever it takes in my life. And Lord, as you direct me, I will do anything you would have me to do. No, no, I've had life-changing events in my own life through the 37 years that I've been saved because I was willing to do whatever God wanted me to do at that particular point. Just get victory in my life, in different areas of my life, or in my service to God, and whatever God would have me to do that way. And it's very, very important that we are willing to make that commitment to God. Jeremiah says to go wholeheartedly over in Jeremiah 29, 13, and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And so we have to get very, very serious about God and make some serious commitments to God. Believe with all of your heart that He will do it if you will make that commitment and follow Him. Mark, Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. You know, and sometimes we just have to believe enough to make that step, to make that commitment. I mean, just to sell out to God, whatever God would have us to do. Be committed unto God. Many, many have a problem with, uh, with uh, their consistency for the things of God. Maybe you just need to make a commitment to be consistent. Because inconsistency will bring defeat and discouragement. So be faithful in your tithing. I mean, quit thinking that you're going to come up with a better plan than God's plan. It's an amazing thing. You cannot outgive God. I'm telling you, as we give the way that God would have us to give, He's going to continue to bless and bless and then bless some more. We know that's, that's right. Just be, be faithful. Be faithful in your personal relationship with God. Stay in the Bible and stay prayed up and stay witnessed up. What do you mean, preacher? Tell people about Jesus. And invite them to church. Come on, I'm not talking about buttonholing anybody. I'm not talking about twisting somebody's arm and trying to get them to make some profession of faith. I'm talking about just a testimony. I mean, witness to them how God has changed your life and inviting them to church. Man, you need to come over here and hear what the Bible has to say. We, we, have, a, we have a church that preaches and teaches the Bible. I, I'm telling you, we, we just, just be stay witnessed up, but also stay confessed up. Confessed up. Okay, got real quiet right there. I'm telling you, some of you need to start using the altar again. It's just become a real foreign place to you, and that's not good at all. It's not good at all. I'm telling you, it's a great thing to humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. I mean, it's a great thing. It's an amazing thing. God speaks to you about something, and you bow your neck, or you decide, I can't go down there. Somebody might think I'm a sinner. Well, you know what? You're a sinner. 
And I'm telling you, if we'll keep that in our mind, because it's absolutely the truth, maybe it'll make it easier that when God speaks to our heart, we'll just go down and deal with it. And listen, no, 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 listen to me, please. Whether it's big, whether it's small, whatever the case may be, we'll never go wrong humbling ourselves in the sight of God. Well, I can just pray right here. You can pray right there. But there's something, I truly believe it, Brother Cox, there's something about taking that step out of your row and making your way down to an old-fashioned altar and kneeling before God, bowing your head before God, I mean, in the sight of God and of people, humbling yourself before God and spending some time talking to Him and asking Him to break your heart about the things that need to be changed in your life and, and, and confessing your sins before the Lord. I'm telling you, there's something about it that just can't be done anyplace else. But He also told them to put away all, all compromise. He said, put away the strange gods. Put them away. That may seem like something strange to say in church, strange gods. But we have them right here among our people. I think about the God of self. Everyone worships self to some degree. Some more than others. And some, 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 think, some think more of hunting and fishing and playing golf and sports and all that than they ever do serving God. There's a problem there. I said, there's a problem there. We have to get the God of self out of the way. Some go out of their way. Some will go way out of their way to do what they like to do, but you'll, but, but you'll not make a commitment to be faithful to church functions. Heavens to Betsy, we got to keep God first. I mean, no, no, we keep Him in His rightful place. We get the strange gods out of our life. Those things that pull us away from God. Those things that pull us away from our Bible. Those things that pull us away from our prayer time. Those things that pull us away from serving God. Those things that pull us away from church functions. I'm telling you, there's nothing more important than God. And we'll never go wrong putting Him first and getting the strange gods out. Compromise has become an alternative for a lot of people today. But don't compromise on God's Word. Just determine to do what it says. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. If you would just read your Bible every day and do what it says in there, it would make my job a lot easier. (laughs) But in all seriousness, He gave us this book, didn't He? Come on, and it 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 has everything we need to live a life for Him, is it? In it, doesn't it? And truly, we need the teaching of God's Word, and we need the preaching of God's Word, but even in our daily Bible reading, if we would just take heed to what God has to say and allow Him to have His way and not compromise upon that, not try to fudge it here and there, I'm telling you, God could do great things in our life. Don't compromise on God's will either. There's no better life than a life lived doing exactly what God wants you to do. Exactly what God wants you to do. I know that God doesn't call everyone into full-time Christian service. I know that God doesn't actually have have an exact ministry, so-called, for someone, whatever the case may be. But God has a will for our life, doesn't He? Well, I'd like to know what God's will for my life is. Well, you have to start doing the revealed will first. Because there are things in there that everybody, every born-again believer is supposed to do. 
And if we will we'll begin to do that, no, no, go to church, read your Bible, pray, give the way that God would have you to give, tell others about Jesus Christ. I mean, put those five on your list and begin to practice them very faithfully and just see if God doesn't begin to open up the Word of God more. See if He doesn't just go ahead and direct you a little bit more in your life. See if He doesn't soften your heart just a little bit more because you're doing the things that He has told all of us to do. I'm telling you, we have a great God that can work in our lives and work in our hearts if we'll just listen to Him and do what He would have us to do. It's crazy. Some people started doing what God would have them to do and then they quit. Don't quit. Don't go backwards. Don't back up. No, 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 no. Get back to going. Get back to going. Uh, 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 get back to doing what God would have you to do. Going backwards is never good. It's never good. And don't compromise your family either. I mean, keep them under the teaching and preaching of God's Word. Mercy, all around us today, we have people going to places of compromise. But just decide that that's not going to be you. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But he also said that uh, we need to, well, he said they need to consecrate themselves. He said, prepare your hearts. Prepare your hearts. Um. Well, I know this is so basic, but I just have felt that it's so very needed. Repent of past sins. Repent. Some people mistake the the grace and mercy of God for the leniency of God. And it's as if we think that we can sin and, and just get by with it. You cannot sin and get by with it if you're a child of God. In some way, shape, or form, it is going to uh, block the blessings of God in your life. And that's why it's important again. And, and, and I, don't mind, I, don't mind, I don't mind pointing to the altar again. That's why it's so important that we, when God deals with us about anything small or anything large or anything in between, that we come down and, and, and we confess those sins unto God. God, I know that I've done this against you, and I know that I never should have done this, and I know I thought this, and I know I said this, and I know I looked at this, and I know I listened to this, and I know I've gone here, and I know that I've done things that I should not be doing, and we confess those things before God, and we make sure the air is clean between uh, between us. I'm telling you, repentance, repentance of sin is so very important because repentance brings a change in the way that you live. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But the confession of sin, confessing sin, definitely good, but the confession of sin is more than just coming down and saying, I'm sorry for what I've done. It's a willingness to allow God to change you. It's a willingness to allow God to correct you. It's wanting God to do something in your life. Lord, I know I've done this. I've looked at this, uh, said this, watched this, whatever the case may be. And Lord, I don't want to do that anymore. I want you to help me. I want you to change me. I was saved by God's grace and every change in my life has come by God's grace. And as we, no, no, as we get serious with God and we do what God would have have us to do, it's an amazing thing the way He begins to change our heart. I said God changes our heart and God gives us that victory that we sang about, that victory in Jesus. He gives us that victory. But we want it without having to put any effort into it. We want it without having to make any sacrifice. But we have to be willing to confess our sins. And we have to be willing to confess them 
Mm, the way that God would have us to do that, and looking at it the way that God looks at it, sin is ugly, sin is nasty, sin should not be in a Christian's life, a believer's life. And, and we need to realize that, Lord, I, 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 I've done this and I've done that, or whatever the case may be, and I don't want to do it anymore. Please, God, work in my heart. Please, God, change the way that I think. Change the way that I view these different things. I'm telling you, it's, it's an amazing thing as when we get serious with God how He can change our lives. <clears throat> he told them to pray, prepare your hearts unto the Lord. Prepare your hearts unto the Lord. And I've said it different, several, different, several different times already, but it's true. We need to follow God's instruction from the Bible. What He would have us to do. I can tell you this right now, playing a church game won't get you anywhere. It, it won't get you anywhere. I, I've watched it in the 14 years of trying to learn how to pastor. I've watched it, people play the church game, and most of them that I watched that never did repent of those types of things are not even in church anymore. And I don't say that. No, I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not saying anything. I'm not, I don't get any joy out of saying that. But the church game won't get you anywhere. We have to get serious with God, doing what God would have us to do. And it's an amazing thing when we'll finally prepare our hearts unto the Lord what God can do. A, a consecrated vessel must be willing to be prepared unto the Lord. Second Chronicles chapter 30, verse 9, the last part of the verse says, For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away His face from you if ye return unto Him. Man, we just have to come to Him. Look, He's waiting with open arms. It's not like God wants to kick you and keep you away. He wants to do those things for you. But we can't... No, no, we, there, there's no other Lord. We have to come to the Lord. And don't let anything get in His way. He wants to help us. And so we have to prepare the Lord's way. We want to do that. James chapter 4 and verse number 8 says, Draw an eye to God and He will draw an eye to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Come on, we want to draw an eye to God. But as we do that, the closer you get to God, the dirtier you will see yourself. And as we do that, we need to cleanse our hands. We need to allow God to clean us up. Isaiah 55, 7 says, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God and he will abundantly pardon. I am so very thankful that there is no sin that God can't wash clean with the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm so very thankful that there is nothing that we can do that he, could, that he would have to say, well, I just can't help you with that one. I'm telling you, He can help us with anything if we're willing to come to Him and allow Him to do what only He can do. And He will begin to change our heart. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. He will give us, no, no, not our heart's desires. He will give us the desires of our heart. And things begin to change in here. And wants begin to change in here. Desires begin to change. And we want Him more than we want other things. We want His Word more than we want other things. We want to live our life for Him more than we want other things. And I'm telling you, only God can put those kind of desires in our heart. And He's not going to do it when we're spending more time with the world than we are with Him got to dedicate herself. So we have to serve Him only. Quit serving the world and quit serving your friends and quit serving self. Serve God. 
Don't worry about which way the world's going. You're not headed that way. You ought to be swimming upstream. Absolutely. And don't worry about what your quote-unquote friends are doing. Because if they're not doing right, you don't need those friends. No, they're just going to pull you away and drag you down and quit serving self. I already touched that a little. But we have to quit serving self. Well, this is what I really want to do. It really doesn't matter if it's what you want to do if God doesn't want you to do it. But we have to make that commitment. They go, come on, we go back. I'm not going to start all over, but we have to make that commitment. I'm going to sell out to God. I'm going to do what God would have me to do, no matter what everybody else is doing. I want to serve God with my life. And a consecrated life is a holy life. Romans 13, 14 says, Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. A holy life. And you can't live a holy life without taking on the characteristics of Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 says, But as He which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. In all manner of conversation. In all manner of conversation. Well, I mean, you, what, you, so, you know, we just have to talk religious or what? No, no, no. That word conversation there means in all manner of life. Lifestyle. How you're living. <clears throat> Decide to get the things out of your life that aren't Christ-like. Put things in your life that are Christ-like. And I'm telling you, it can make a huge, huge difference. Huge difference. Then notice these last words there in verse number 3. We're doing great. It says, And He will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. And He will deliver you. Boy, preacher, I need some help in some areas. Make a commitment to God. He will deliver you. But we have to do our part. Everybody stands around wanting God to do something. Waiting for God to do something. He's waiting for us to do something. Waiting for us to make that move. Waiting for us to make a commitment. Waiting for us to come to the altar and confess those sins that we have piled up in our life that we know that we shouldn't have in our life, that we know we should do something about. And when we do that, He will deliver you, giving you victory over the world and giving you victory over the flesh and giving you victory over the devil. I'm telling you, He is all-powerful even as we talked this morning. You don't have to continue to fail. You can flourish in your Christianity. Absolutely so. There's not one that can't as long as they're willing to do it God's way. He wants us, no, no, listen, He wants us to have that full joy. Jesus talked about having the fullness of joy, and He wants us to have that full joy. Look, I, I know the valleys are going to get dark at times. I, I know the valleys are going to be deep at times. I know the skies are going to get dark at times. I know there's going to be trials and troubles and tribulations. You can't get away from that if you're reading your Bible. But I'm telling you, we can have the joy of the Lord even when we go through those times. And that's what He wants for us. That's what He wants. You don't have to give in. I said, you don't have to give in to that sin. We are more than conquerors in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm thankful. We have to remember that God is able to deliver us. He's well able to deliver us. So what's the formula? Well, we make a commitment to God. I make a commitment, a real commitment to God that we're not going to back out of. You back out of your commitment to your house, you're not going to have a house anymore. You back out of that commitment to buying your car, you're not going to have a car anymore. 
But we want to make a commitment to God and then just go do whatever we want to do and feel like God's supposed to just be blessing us, pouring out all His blessings all over us. And I'm telling you, I'm very thankful that God is good to the just and the unjust. And I'm telling you, He's merciful and mighty and He's full of grace and mercy and all those things I'm very, very thankful. But I'm telling you, we can have more blessing in our life if we are more willing to be committed to what God would have us to do. And why not just do that now? I mean, right now, tonight. I mean, before you ever leave the sanctuary tonight, just make that commitment to God. And then number two, don't compromise any of God's principles. Don't compromise His principles. It's like we want to pick and choose out of the Bible what we want to believe and what we want to do. But don't compromise His principles. Psalm 119 verse 1 says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep His testimonies, that seek Him with a whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in His ways. Just decide you're going to walk in God's ways and you're not going to walk any other way. And ask God to help you. And then consecrate yourself unto Him. Just sell out to God completely. Just sell out. Lord, whatever you want me to do. I mean, whatever you want me to do. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not... And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It it starts by presenting your body a living sacrifice. And then once you do that, make that real commitment, then renewing your mind to where you think like God thinks instead of the way that this world thinks. Well, you know, preachers, people kind of think you're weird. You start, you know, talking about you're doing things because God wants you to do things. Who cares what they think? Who cares what they say? No, no, if we're doing what God wants us to do. And I'm not talking about being obnoxious toward anyone or nothing such as that. I'm just talking about living our life for God. I mean, my body, it belongs to God. I presented it to God. I I, 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 I want to be everything He would have me to be. I don't want to be conformed to this world anymore. I want to be transformed. Some of you need to make your way to an altar tonight because it's been way too long since you've done any real business with God. It's time to drop our pride and bow before God and pour out our heart to Him to do what God would have you to do. And, and as your pastor, I, I, I plead with you, don't wait another day, don't wait another minute, not at all. Let God have His way with thee. Just yield to Him. Start this, no, 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 start this new year out committed to do whatever God would have you to do with the rest of your life, the rest of your life. But you have to make those commitments. And you have to decide to consecrate yourself. And you have to decide to put God first. And you have to decide to uh, present your body a living sacrifice. Lord, whatever you want me to do, however you'd have me to be, That's exactly what I want in my life. Let's all stand. Would you stand with me? Heavenly Father, thank You for Your goodness and Your mercy and Your grace. Thank You for Your Word, how powerful it is. 
Thank You for Your precious Spirit that deals with our hearts and helps us to see the needs in our life. <clears throat> and uh, I've tried to deliver the message the way that You would have it done. And Lord, I don't know exactly how You've spoken to people's hearts in here. It's not like I know their lives deeply. Lord, I just pray that people would yield to You tonight. There's some that need to make their way to the altar. There's some that haven't been a long time. There's some that never have been. It would do them good to make their way to an altar. And I pray, dear God, that, uh, that Your will would be done in all of this. Lord, I'm not trying to manipulate. You know my heart. I just pray, God, that folks would make commitments to live their life for You, to yield themselves to You, to allow You to do in their heart and their life only that which only You can do, that it will bring You honor and glory. Father, bless the invitation time these next few minutes. We pray and thank You for Your goodness. For We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Piano's going to play. Some have already come to the altar. You need to come tonight. Why don't you? Why don't you take a minute bow, bow your knee to God. Spend a minute talking to God. Just let Him have His way in your heart and your life. Piano's playing. The altar's open. Whatever He wants you to do. You'll not go wrong talking with Him. You'll not go wrong committing yourself to Him. You'll not go wrong. There's things in your life that need to be out of your life. Do business with God. There's things in your life, uh, out of your life. There's things you need to be doing for God. Just, just decide you're going to do those things. Whatever God wants tonight, just let Him have